You're listening to the Whatsoever 168 podcast with Jen Renault. Be nice and pass it along. Let the world hear the song you sing with your smile. Oh, be nice. Be kind. Welcome back to the Whatsoever 168 podcast. By now, you've worked off all those Thanksgiving pounds or... You know, maybe you're working on working off those Thanksgiving pounds, or maybe you're kind of like me working on working on getting off the couch to go get those Thanksgiving pounds off. Either way, we're glad you're back. Thanks for tuning in. And I know that we are well into our first week and just getting ready to start the second week of Advent. I pray your Advent season is off to a great start. I'm sure it's beautiful and I pray that it's fruitful for you as well. And maybe even by now you have some of your shopping done. Don't tell my kids. I don't have any of my shopping done just yet. But either way, we're glad you're here. Maybe you're here because you're tuning in for some service ideas. Maybe you're tuning in for a quick pick-me-up because I know that our guests are pretty exciting and they've definitely been very inspiring. Now, speaking of tuning in, be sure to subscribe to our podcast. Hit like, leave us a comment so we know how we're doing and that way you can keep in touch with us. Now, I have a very special guest for you today. My guest today is a retired teacher, a coach, a wife, a mom of two kids. She is also a mom to a super cool dog named Mango, who's actually part of the podcast when she comes in and hits the computer with her tail. She's a coach of many sports, concentrating now on swimming, and her whatsoever project puts her smack dab in the middle of the secular world, where she has to balance her faith and that whole separation of church and state stuff. It's not easy, as you will soon learn, but this coach and her humble way reflects God's light on the water and on her athletes. I met up with her taking a break from her cement pond, and she sat down with me to share her whatsoever project. I look forward to you meeting my former teaching colleague, Janice Johnson. I'm sitting here in a Key West paradise with my buddy Janice Johnson, who's just come off a run. Good morning, Janice. How you doing? Good morning. Feeling good with this weather. How was your run? Great. Awesome. Cool. Awesome. Well, I have Janice here today. She is a buddy of mine. I've known her for many years. I actually taught with her many years ago. And God put her on my heart to come here for the Whatsoever 168 podcast. And before we get started and before we dive in, I just wanted Janice to share just a little bit about herself. Okay. I'm Janice Johnson. I grew up in this area. moved to Florida when I was about three years old. My dad was in the Air Force. Uh, We ended up staying here. I went to Satellite High School. I've been here since 1958 in this area. Then I uh, went on to college at BCC for two years and then I went to University of Florida for a year and I had just met my husband before that so I ended up transferring to UCF and got a degree in physical education. Went back, added health to my certification, then I got a master's in exercise physiology and wellness. So I'm kind of really into that. exercise and wellness and uh, you know the benefits that it can do for you and kind of instill that when I taught. I taught then, well I've taught for 36 years, 86 to 2013 at Rockage High. Coach track there, coach swimming, still coaching swimming. I did retire in 2013 uh, but I just knew I'd really love the kids so the first year I, I coached I actually couldn't get paid because there's a school board thing but you know I <laughs> Team skates. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, I enjoyed it. You know, my son was a senior that year, so I didn't want to let his his kids, you know, that whole group down. And then every year I say, this is going to be my last year. This is going to be my last year. But 
And when it comes the end of the season, I just, seeing those kids go from ninth graders to seniors is just what keeps me in it, I guess you could say, because they just, I see them grow as, you know, little kind of scared little ninth graders coming in and timid, and then they just grow and mature into young men and women in it. I guess that's why I keep doing it one more year. I've been saying that for about seven years. But anyway, when I'm not coaching, I spend a lot of time with my family. Um, we've always instilled in them the the outside and sports, just the, the river, the fishing, the scuba diving, and so and camping. So we do we did a lot of that growing up. Don't do as much of it now because they're they're grown and one of them's married and he got married in the church, which got me. I was very excited about that. Um, his wife became a Catholic, so that was quite the journey to see them grow together through that. My hobbies are pretty much running, swimming, biking, and then uh, we still, uh, my husband and I still go snow skiing and hiking and camping, so uh, anyway, that's trying to do what we can <laughs> as long as we can. That's a little bit about Janice, a.k.a. Coach, a.k.a. Coach J. What else does kids call you? Mostly Coach J. Coach J? Yeah. Coach J. I'm exhausted hearing your list. I'm sitting here <laughs> like, she needs a hammock out there that I can get in because that's a lot. You taught for how many years? From 78. Uh, 36 years. Yeah. 36 yeah, years. Because I did drop and then I did an extra year. So 36 years. Yeah. 36 years. All right. So now we know a little bit about Coach Jay. I want to go ahead and dive in right now. You have a little bit of background as to who she is. And she's also kind of touched upon her little ministry. But I want her to share with you today, our listeners. So what's your whatsoever project and how are you serving? Because yours is a little bit different in that a lot of the guests that we've had on the podcast are guests who are working in the church or serving the church and yours ministry is a little bit different because you are outside of the church you're serving god and reflecting his light in a different way and so tell us and our listeners a little bit about your whatsoever project and how you're serving him but just not directly inside the walls of the church I guess by coaching swimming, I'm just, you know, I take students or the swimmers, the students, when they come in as ninth graders, and besides just becoming a better swimmer, I want them to realize that this is something they can do lifelong, and that it's it's not always who's the best, but what, you know, how they treat each other, how they treat their, their teammates with respect, and the whole working together as a team, and respecting each other, and being good sportsmen other teams I guess that would be my, my my challenge is to have the students grow not just in their sport of swimming but as an individual Christian wise I mean we, we pray we I usually try to have somebody say a prayer even though we don't concentrate on that I do instill that right you're in the you're in the public school system right so. and I taught in the public school system for many years as well not not as many years as you but I know it's a challenge it's a challenge to keep your faith but yet honor the public school system where they have the separation of church and state, but yet trying to reflect his light in the little ministry where God's placed you. So God's placed you in the classroom, but now you're retired. And so now your ministry really right now is working with those swimmers and trying to help them and lead them closer to him, but you're just not allowed to say it out loud. Right. So when you're encouraging them to be kind, when you're encouraging them to be in some ways merciful when somebody's been unkind to to that kid and and then you're trying to guide them through that i take it that that's how your god's leading you with this ministry correct 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 to respect one another regardless if and, and not make fun of each other some of the kids aren't very fast we've had special needs kids and 
our, our, our kids have been wonderful supporting the special needs kids, and we really encourage, I really encourage that. Yeah. You know, I've been to a couple of meets where we have a, a swimmer who has some difficulties and some challenges, and I have been blown away. Of course, having my own daughter with special needs, I come at it from another perspective as well. I look at it differently. And to see the kids, and, and that comes from you. That comes from the top. I say, too, I give a lot of credit to the parents. The parents are the first teachers. But at the end of the day, the coach is setting the tone for that swimming pool or basketball court right. or whatever. But for today's right. purposes, it's a swimming pool. Yeah, and just puts me in tears sometimes when I see how the kids respond, cheering her on. And one of the boys is special needs also. And they he's a senior now, and he's come a long, long way. It's, swimming has done a lot for him, just mentally, physically, personally. It's funny, I walked up here and I saw, if we're not here, you can catch us in the cement pond out back. And and I just had to laugh. So I want to go back and speak to you as a coach. And I really wasn't going to jump into this question just yet, but I wanted to share with you, I talked to a few people and I asked them to tell me a little bit about Coach Jay. These are the things that they said about Coach Johnson. They said that you were fair. They said that you're nice. They said that you're a good coach. They said that you care deeply. They said that you were a good delegator. And when I probed that, they said, well, she doesn't try to do everything. She gets her people to do their certain roles. She has her certain role, even though she oversees everything. But I thought, wow, how profound that the kids see that in you. And then I spoke with a colleague who said that you have, and I'm going to check my message here, you have a heart the size of Alaska. Which Alaska is, it's not like they said Rhode Island. You know, Rhode Island's like a little, little state. Uh, the heart of Alaska and that you were willing to do anything and to help any way that you can. And this person said that they consider you one of their closest friends. And you know what's funny? I've talked with some of the kids and I know kids who you've coached uh, years ago who all say the same thing, that you just have a beautiful heart. And so behind all of these Wonderful compliments. I don't even know if you know I didn't know any of that. (laughs) Isn't that special? That makes me, touches my heart. (laughs) Yeah, you know, I'm not sure if our listeners know, but they don't really pay teachers that well, and they definitely don't pay coaches. I think they broke it down. My husband's a wrestling coach. It broke down to like 10 cents an hour. Like seriously, 10 cents an hour. And so, but we're not, you're not in it for the money, obviously. You you do it for the kids because you really do. You, you, You love them, you know, you do. Right. Well, it's who you are. And so hearing that from the kids, when I I got that feedback, I was moved because, you know, I was in it too, and it's hard. You put in Mm -hmm. a lot of that time, and you wonder, does it matter? Does it make a difference? Yeah, that makes me feel good. Maybe I'll do it for a few more years. (laughs) Well, I have two girls. One is 13 and one's 10. She's turning 11 on Thanksgiving, so if you could stay. She already has plans. She's already told me, you better be staying. So let's move this along a little bit, Coach. I just wanted to ask you a little bit. So you're in this secular world and you have these children that are in your charge and you do have a good little faith and so, or big faith, excuse me. I can imagine the challenge it is for you not to impart your faith, but yet you have to remain true to who you are, but still you want to reflect that light. Can you speak a little bit about that and how you balance that and any challenges that you might have being the woman of God that you are, but yet we can't go over there and start quoting scripture with these kids and you know banging them on the head with the bibles which some of them might need so how do you do that the golden rule you know treat others as you like to be treated i think that's a big message that 
that God tells us, you know, treat others like you'd like to be treated without doing a lot of praying or scripture. Right. Okay, so the golden yeah. rule. Okay, so let's walk this over another direction too. So we're talking about the golden rule. We're talking about this swimming. Let's let's hit a little bit more about your swimming. What are some of the duties that you have in this swimming ministry, if you will? You mean as far as like logistical or just? Yeah, you're coaching and just all the things that you have to do oh. <laughs> to do this role. Uh, we don't have time all yeah. day. <laughs> she wants to hit her yes. hammock in a little bit, but just touch upon some of the things well, that you have to do. a lot of it lo- is logistical, you know. There's a lot of time. I probably go to the pool at 2 and get done at 6 on a typical day if we don't have a swim meet. I get there early to set up and get things ready or go see the bookkeeper. But then there's a lot of things at home that I have to do, emailing parents, you know, keeping everybody informed, paperwork for the athletic director, you know, then lineups for the meets. So there's a lot of a lot of stuff that goes behind the scenes if that's what you're behind the for. scenes. Exactly yeah. right. And then what about a practice? How do how do you get ready and prepare for practices to get them ready for then the big day? Uh, well, Jose helps me a lot with that. I've got a really good assistant. Uh, and I got another good assistant in Scarby. She does a lot of the, she's kind of like a team mom that'll get all the food and everything ready. Jose will run the practice and I, I help him. I work more with the beginners if they need it. And he's more with the more experienced kids, even though we're both there together doing the same thing. I seem to gravitate more toward the beginners that need extra help. And he's actually better with the kids that are way up there taking them and pushing them yeah right I know I remember my our son is a senior Noah and I remember when he was getting ready to be a freshman and he wanted to wrestle for my husband and we told him we said hey you haven't actually done a sport five days a week it's tough you're gonna swim and he said he wasn't we said he was and we walked him over to you and you of course were so gracious I'm sure you remember that day oh yeah and I'm sure you remember he, he had a scowl he was not happy and we told him he had to do it, and honestly, he persevered. Though, he did. thank you for that because yes. I will tell you the first three weeks of school and practice swimming practice, he did not talk to us. He grunted, and but what I, about th- week three? He came over and he had nothing but good things to say about you and Coach Scarby, and that's who he was working with mm-hmm. at the time. Were you two? But he sat next to me on the couch about three weeks later, and he just said, "I am stronger." <laughs> And I had to laugh. I said, I told you. And I think that was the turning point for him. And he still had many turning points to go. But I think you used the right word, he, that perseverance. Yeah, he was. He had a lot of perseverance. He didn't give up. And it's a very hard sport if you've never done it before. It's, there's a lot more to learn than most people realize. There's four different strokes. There's starts. There's turns. There's all kinds of technique. And then there's all the endurance and conditioning that goes along with it because you can't breathe all the time. Right, right. <laughs> Right, and uh, he he came a long, long way. He really he did every single stroke by the time he graduated, which is amazing. And you know the thing of it is, is the challenge when you have the. So you have a lot of kids that come to you that, that never come swam a, before, right? And then you have kids who have. So you right. have this big gap. And how do you nurture these kids? I think it speaks to the qualities that those kids shared with us. You know, your fairness, your kind, your good coach, you care. And I think that that shows you're shining God's light through all of that because you don't give up. You know, you said that you start with them as freshmen and then you walk them and journey with them. And I can tell you that that he, and I'm just speaking for my son now, he wanted to swim. When he saw mm-hmm. those guys make it to the regions or whatever, he's mm-hmm. like, I could have done that. And these past two years especially, and of course now he's not working with you as much because he's finally yes, graduated, right. <laughs> Coach Jose, and he's really pushed him. And I look at him now and go, oh my gosh, 
Because in the beginning, I was like, please just don't drown. <laughs> and some of them, we wonder. Yeah, but exactly. I, but I do feel like I think the kids, the biggest thing in coaching is that having the kids know that you care. Right. Sometimes more than how much you actually know. What you need to know, right. which is important, but I think the caring comes first. I think they, that's important to the kids that they know that you care. You definitely do that. And I know when I was uh, studying to be a teacher, I had a, she was a supervising teacher and she imparted just a little nugget. And it was, she said, the kids will say, I don't care what you know until I know that you care. Yeah, that's a very good statement. It is. And I believe that. And you know what's funny is And God, I think that's where the God part comes from. Absolutely. You know? We just can't say it, but right. really God is in you and he's shining out of you. And she's sitting here shaking her head like, please don't give me any kind of that credit whatsoever. <laughs> Anyhow, let's walk this another step forward. Tell us a little bit about the person, who you are, the person behind this ministry. I'm a Christian. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a mom. I'm a coach. I'm a wife. I have a strong faith, even though I don't talk about it a whole lot. Well, you can't yeah, where you are in your right. ministry. You really can't. Now, if a kid comes to you and, and talks to you about God, and I don't know if this has ever happened, are you allowed to yeah, respond? I, yeah, I think you can give your beliefs. It's not You can't get up there and preach it to the whole group. Right. But you can do, you know, one-on-one. -on -one. Right. So you said, and I want to speak to that just real quickly, you said that you have students who will lead prayer before the meets? Yes. And that's kind of student-led, you know. Okay. But you still support that. I support it, yeah. I mean, uh, right. does anybody want to do a prayer and I know who'll do it, mm -hmm. you know. Okay, see, that, and that, so you are, yeah. yeah. You are leading them to Christ. Well, I was going through a little bit of your social media and I had to chuckle a little bit. You posted this little cartoon on Mama's Family, do you remember that? And I don't know if you guys remember, Mama's Family was an offshoot of the show, Carol Burnett Show. You remember that? Oh yeah. And on there, you had Mama with her son and his wife, and I don't know if any of you remember. They were kind of a little bit of a kind of like backwoods people, and uh, very funny. And the son was talking to his mother on this little, almost like a comic strip of sorts, is what it, it came across like. And it said, the son said, "Now, Mama, you don't need to go to church to go to heaven." Do you remember this? Yes, now I do. And, and I can just yeah. hear Vicki Lawrence, who played the role of Mama, go, "Yeah, well, you don't." But she said, she goes, well, you don't have to wear a parachute to jump out an airplane. And then she said, but um, but it definitely helps. Yeah. <laughs> right? I remember that now. And I thought that that spoke so profoundly to the ministry that you have because it is a challenge. You can't get up there and espouse your beliefs. You'll be fired. Right. And I can imagine that a lot of people listening who are working in the secular world and they're surrounded by what you know, you're going to be speaking about here shortly about some of the ugliness that we're seeing in our world and the unkindness that, that we're seeing to each other. So we can't get up there and espouse our views and, and talk about our faith. But I think that that little cartoon speaks to where you're coming from. It's true. I, I believe that too. Some people feel like they have some friends that go, well, I don't believe in organized religion and I don't want to go to church. Well, I don't think you have to go to church, but I think it helps. It's kind of what I think when I when see you that. see that, right? Yeah. When you hear that, because yeah. I know I see you in church all the time. And I, yeah, it's, let's add to that real quickly. And I want to go back to that. What are some of the things that you're doing in our church now? Well, I'm a ministry of hospitality, which is not a whole lot, but I feel like I started it when, when both of my boys were altar servers. The oldest, who's now 32, was for Father King. And then the youngest one, Cody, started with Father King and then all through St. Mary's from whenever they can start. I think it was third or fourth grade. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and so when Cody started doing his serving, I decided, well, I want to be part of it too. So I started with the, I figured I can greet, I'm good, I'm a people person. Right. I can greet people, and I think that's real important to not just the people you know, but the people that come from other churches or another state to make them feel welcome. And then just recently they added, I, I feel a little bit more important because now I can take the collection up. Uh-oh. Oh, they trust you with the money. <laughs> they do. <laughs> Silly people. Yeah. And then, you know, passing out the bulletins. Um, I do, something I kind of would like to get into, maybe, I've thought about it, is helping with the homeless. On, on, on Tuesdays, now that swimming's over, I feed the homeless and I help with that. And that's really not a church group, even though everybody's pretty much a Christian, that it's all different people that are feeding. We bring our own food and we feed the homeless. And I kind of thought about maybe help looking into the helping Deacon Mike in the um, Helping Hands, I think oh, they yeah. call it. Yeah. Helping Hands comes up all the time on this podcast. Yes. So, yeah. so that's something I'm thinking about doing because I really do enjoy feeding the homeless on Tuesday nights up there at that Atlantic church near the water tower. It's, it's quite overwhelming, you know, the people right. that you see. I had a student, one of my swimmers actually come through there, and that was oh, wow. That was a real oh, oh wow moment. He, he was kind of embarrassed, and I said, you know, no reason to be embarrassed. We all, right. you know, have issues and problems, and I don't know. That's something I'm thinking about doing more of. Right, and you know what? I think it's so important. I know that we go to, you know, you go to St. Mary's Catholic Church, but it's not just about being Catholic. It's about just being Christ. Yes. You know, and so it doesn't matter if you're serving God and you're you're performing these corporal works of mercy. I don't think God says, oh, that's great because you're a Catholic. I, don't, I think right. it's better because you're Catholic. I think he's just happy <clears throat> and you're making him smile because you're just serving him wherever you are. So you're at the pool. You're at the cement pond. You're serving him. You're trying to be a light. You're at the door greeting. And I've walked in when you were greeting, and and you do a fantastic job. And, of course, we know each other, so it's a little bit different. But I think it's so important, that role. And it's funny, when I asked you that, you kind of of minimize that role a little bit. But that role is really important because you're the first person that the people see when they walk into the church. And so if you're grumpy, you're setting the tone for how this liturgy is going to unfold right and so you're serving the church there but then you're going on this homeless ministry it doesn't matter with whom you're serving it's just really about the people and serving the people and that's what god calls us to he doesn't say go help the catholic people go help the baptist people go help the lutherans he wants us to call we're called to help everybody and so i think that's so important and i'm glad that you do that and i want to touch a little bit upon the service that you're doing what gifts or skills do you think that people need or do they need to balance their calling being in this ministry where you're in the secular world but then also trying to balance remaining true to god how do you do that just do it you know just be true to yourself and be true to the people that you're working with or for or true to god does that answer your question no it, do- it absolutely yeah. answers the question absolutely what about any moments in your ministry? And we'll just stick with this the swimming ministry. You just touched upon a beautiful one in the, that homeless ministry. Or not the homeless ministry, excuse me, the ministry where you're feeding people. Mm-hmm. Within your swimming ministry, do you have any special moments all these years that you've been doing this? I think probably working with those special needs kids has probably touched me the most. So why is that? Because they just, you know, they have to overcome so many more challenges than the, than the normal child does mm. or student. And to see them persevere like they do, mm-hmm. especially the one girl that we had this year, just makes me feel like there's a reason why I keep doing this. 
and then watching watching them grow and watching the team and watching the kids the camaraderie you know and, and these kids that you know some of them just did one sport ever and they decided to come out all of a sudden and do another sport and it's mm-hmm. like you know watching their excitement and watching them get better and I'm very lucky I've got wonderful parents you know I've over the 30 some years I've been doing this I can say very rarely ha- have I had any major issues and from what I remember too you guys usually have the highest or one of the highest GPAs collectively we do as a swim team yeah we, we're pretty lucky they get that from you right coach Jay's shaking her head right now she's but, like oh, no, yeah we're, we're, we're lucky in that respect that we we do seem to get out that kind of clientele of kids because I've worked I coached track too and that was a little bit more of a challenge mm-hmm. you know I always get in some sports and I've coached basketball before I coached cross country so I, I forgot about those other sports that I coached uh, and sometimes those can be more of a challenge because you don't always you know that was another challenge in itself is these these kids are coming from homes where they may not have a dad dad might be in prison and it's just a sad situation at home and when you find out these things and I even have it with swimming but more so in some of the other sports and you realize where these kids are coming from and you make them understand a little bit better why, why sometimes they act the way they do even though it's sure. not an excuse they don't have as much guidance at home so you are their you're it. You're it. So you're serving. You don't even realize you're serving. And if you're listening to those noises right now, we are joined <laughs> with Coach Jay's beautiful dog, Mango. And Mango... She's not too happy. To, <laughs> she's like, let me out and throw that ball to me, Jen. It's funny. Our families are united, too, in the church, but our dogs are as well. Mango is on the other side of that door waiting for me to pet her. And you might be hearing her in the background. And I was just joking with Coach when I got here because I was going through my phone, I'm trying to clean out some photos and making space, and I came across a picture of our two dogs at the Blessing of the Animals, uh, what is it, on the Feast of St. Francis yes, Assisi, yes. right? And so Mango was getting a blessing, our dog Bear was getting an exorcism, <laughs> and she's like, yes, that's true, that's true. And so if that's what you're hearing, that's Mango, Mango saying hi, and we're glad that she can join our podcast as well today. So let's go in another direction here when folks are getting involved in the secular world be it coaching teaching in a public school maybe they're in an office they're in a cubicle um, they're working somewhere where they can't step right out and actively speak about God do you have any advice that you would give to these people because you're doing you're walking this now just keep praying about it and keeping God in your heart and knowing that he'll come through with you you know you gotta sometimes it's hard sometimes it's easy just keep plugging away and you know what i like that you do too is that you have that joyful spirit <laughs> i was looking at something too on one of your social media pages and it said what disney character are you most like and yours came up dory <laughs> oh yeah that makes sense <laughs> i just had to laugh a because it pulls in the swimming and b it pulls I am forgetful. In... <laughs> my name's jen yeah and so well that's why you delegate right yeah that's why you delegate but she's very lighthearted, but it speaks to her heart. Because while goofy and silly as Dory is or was, and we know she's not a real character, it really was a good depiction of you. I had to <laughs> laugh about that. She's over here like, oh my gosh. <laughs> well, Coach, I'm glad that you're here today. She was telling me, I don't think anybody's going to listen to this, but I know that they will. I don't know who, but God, I know God knows who's going to listen. So as we begin to wind this down, is there anything you're promoting right now? for swimming, for your ministry, maybe for the church? Because I don't know if we mentioned this, but Coach also helps me out with 
youth ministry when it comes to confirmation retreat. She was a table leader this past confirmation, and you did a fantastic and, job. Well, I, I enjoyed that. I would I would do it again if I'm around. I, right. I thought that was pretty cool. I got a swimmer out of it. <laughs> yeah, and I already have your name down anyhow, so okay. you will be there next year. It's this summer, coming up, 2020, yep. June. So what are you promoting? Um, I keep trying to get swimmers out, stay in touch with them during the off-season, uh, try to get them to come out to summer conditioning because they can learn a lot during the summer, and it's kind of more laid back. You know, we do a lot of drills and skills, and it's not so hard, so you can kind of catch them and draw them in. So promoting that and just uh, enjoying my retirement life. <laughs> <laughs> She's promoting her retirement life, all right? Great. So I know people are going to want to be reaching out to you, and maybe they want to get involved in the swimming ministry. Maybe they, maybe you might inspire somebody to go into teaching or, or return to teaching. Yeah. And so if somebody would like to get in touch with you, what would be the best way to reach out to you? Uh, my email. Okay, you want to give it's us that? J Johnson. You want to spell that? J O H N S O N. Okay. 838. 838. I'm sure that's significant. ATT.net. ATT.net. All right. So J Johnson, 838 at ATT.net. Awesome. So reach out to Coach. Say Thank hi. Thank you, Jen, for. Oh, we're glad you're here. If you have a swimmer, send them to coach at Rockledge High School. I know she'd appreciate that. So before we let you go, I ask all of my guests, you know, we have 168 hours in the week. My seventh grade religion slash English slash confirmation sponsor, uh, what teacher slash confirmation sponsor, she shared with us about 168 hours in the week. And that stayed with me all these years. And I'm often reminded, like, what am I doing with my 168 hours? So better than coming for me, how about you challenge our listeners with a 168 don't wait challenge? Sock it to me. Probably not to be so judgmental. Something that, a good sermon that I've heard from Father Ivan was to be merciful like God would be. Just because people have different views than we do doesn't mean who's right or who's wrong. And judgment should be merciful. So this week, you're challenging everybody if somebody's bugging you or... Or someone has a different view, whether it's politics or whatever, you know, just realize that there's always two sides and don't, don't be, you know, if somebody, people make mistakes, don't judge them, you know. God is merciful when he forgives us, so, and if someone does us wrong, you know, be forgiving. Don't be so critical, yeah. don't be so harsh when we dole out that yeah. punishment. Right. You know, I wanted to wrap this up. St. Therese of Lisieux said this. I love St. Therese. She said, miss no single opportunity of making some small sacrifice here by a smiling look, there by a kindly word, always doing the smallest things right and doing all for love. And when I saw that, That's I thought good. of you. I, like that. Oh, thank I you. thought of you. I said, you know what? She, you're in a a challenging situation because you can't go out and actively speak of your faith but you can live it you're living it with that smile with that look with those kind and uplifting words with the kid who you're thinking might this kid might sink to the bottom of the pool but then each year this kid gets better and better and so there's words of encouragement and it's not about any acknowledgement for you it's you always put everything all back on the kids and then ultimately you said the golden rule and it comes down to Mm -hmm. treating others the way that you want them to be treated which brings in your mercy but the whole thing i'm going to bring it back to the kids you love them and so i i saw that and i thought of you and i was like you know what we're gonna close our podcast today with that and i didn't know if you had any final words before i let you go i just thank you jen for having me i 
appreciate all the kind words. <laughs> Well, Not coaches sure I deserve them, but uh, thank you. <laughs> you do, you do. So thanks for coming, Coach, and thank you all for tuning in, and have a great day. Uh, thank you. I don't think Coach Johnson has any plans to retire soon, despite her famous quote of, this is going to be my last year. Thank God for that, and thank God for her, too, as she is a light out in the darkness. Her role is not easy, but it's so easy to see that Coach Johnson is right where God wants her, and he is using her gifts beautifully. You can reach out to her at jjohnson838 at att.net. And remember to reach out to us here at whatsoever168podcast on Facebook and on Instagram. And be sure to subscribe to the podcast. I pray your Advent is beautiful and fruitful as we enter into our second week and as we light the second purple candle on our Advent wreaths. It's just another beautiful reminder of his light in our world. Have a great week, everyone. Get going on Coaches 168 Don't Wait Challenge. And remember, be nice and make your next 168 hours count for Christ. So be nice, because it's just too